So I know it's Good Friday and all, but in my few moments in the pulpit tonight, I, I want to spend a little time with Jonah as well. We've uh, just can't leave him behind yet. Uh, we need we need him still, uh, especially because uh, like keeps happening throughout in our our entire Lenten season. Jonah's story seems to intersect pretty well with the Lenten story and, and with the Holy Week story and with the Good Friday story. Now, I'm, uh, I'm skipping forward in the, in the Jonah story just a bit, spoiler alert, but in the rest of chapter 3, the Ninevites end up repenting. Hallelujah. Uh, they turn their lives over to God. They're all saved. We'll talk about that a little on Sunday, how about? Uh, but in, in chapter four of Jonah, kind of skipping over the fun, exciting part uh, in chapter three. In, in chapter four, Jonah's response to the repentance of Nineveh it is pretty peculiar and actually pretty frustrating. And we kind of heard it, or we saw it in a theatrical form last night, so we're, we're a little bit aware of it. But it's a, it's a frustrating end to the book. Jonah, has re- he has retreated to a high place. Uh, he's overlooking the city. He's waiting. He's watching. He's probably hoping for its destruction. And when that doesn't happen, he's mad. He's just... He's angry. He's pouting. Here's how the story goes. When God saw what the Ninevites did, uh, that they repented, how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. So, So Jonah didn't want the Ninevites to be saved. He didn't want his prophetic warning to work. He, he had no interest in their survival. I mean, he's walking into the middle of Nineveh hoping that what he says comes true and that they actually are destroyed, that they don't turn their lives over. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't want that. He, does, he has no interest in their survival, let alone them turning from their wicked ways to live the holy way of God. And not only that, but, it, but he just doesn't seem to understand why God would even want to save them. I think that's, the, that's kind of the frustrating, baffling part for me is he doesn't seem to get that he doesn't understand why, why would you even want to save these people? God has been gracious to the Ninevites. He has saved their lives. And I don't think that Jonah is shocked at God's compassion, but I do think that Jonah is baffled at God's compassion. I don't think he's shocked that it happens, but he is bewildered by God's compassion. He, he expected the compassion to happen. He, he kind of knew or kind of assumed that God would be gracious. It, it's the very reason he didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. Chapter 4 continues, he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. 
I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. So even though Jonah sees this coming, he still doesn't like it. He wasn't shocked, but he is bewildered. He doesn't like, he can't even comprehend that God would behave this way. God's compassion is baffling to Jonah, and yet so lovely and amazing and shockingly good. Jonah doesn't understand. He doesn't get why God would be so gracious, and yet this is good news. So lovely, amazing, and shockingly good. Uh, but, but what Jonah doesn't know is that one day, God's not, just, God's not just going to be cosmically compassionate from afar, but is going to come near. He's going to come here, showing exactly what it looks like in literal flesh and blood, to be gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Does that sound like Good Friday or what? Right? Jonah is baffled that God would act this way, and yet he has no idea that one day God's going to show up in person and actually put it all into practice in a very, very real way. Jesus becomes the perfect, tangible, easy-to-recognize embodiment of the radical kind of grace that God shows to the Ninevites in the book of Jonah. Like, do you want a picture of what it looks like? Like, we don't get very many details in the book of Jonah about God's grace to these people. They relent and they don't die. Or they, they repent. They repent and they don't die. And that's about all the details that we get. You want to know what this grace looks like? Well, we see it on this day. We see it on this day. That, that same sort of grace that Jonah finds so baffling and irritating. Well, that grace just pours from Jesus' pores each and every day, and especially on this Friday. Just... Think about the original Good Friday narrative, and you'll suddenly have a whole host of examples of Jesus' radical, shocking compassion. He's, he's bloodied and beaten, mocked and tortured, yet he forgives his abusers and his murderers, offering them grace in their ignorance, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know, what they're, they don't know their left hand from their right. He's standing on a spike, gasping for every breath, desperately fighting to not asphyxiate, yet he takes time uh, to be communal with the criminals beside him, offering them grace and forgiveness, saying to one that he will literally be with Jesus that very day in paradise. He's about to breathe his last, close to uttering his finishing line, Yet Jesus speaks boldly to his best friend, John, making sure as one of his final actions that his mother will be cared for in his absence. Grace upon grace upon grace. And that's not even mentioning the most provocatively compassionate thing Jesus does on the cross. 
as he willingly embraces death, subsumes evil itself, and graciously and compassionately provides the hope of salvation for the whole world, all of creation, but also to both his murderers and to the thieves beside him, takes time to compassionately care for his mother. He is saving it all. If Jonah had a hard time with what God does for the Ninevites, he would have really struggled with Jesus. He would have had a very, very hard time with Jesus. So even on this dark night, where it's hard to celebrate suffering and pain and death, where we now sit in the hopeless uncertainty of Saturday, may we still be able to revel in the baffling and astoundingly beautiful compassion of Jesus. And may this Good Friday service serve as an invitation for our lives to similarly echo the baffling and astoundingly beautiful compassion of Jesus, where we similarly astound the world with our inexplicable love. Amen.